All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Garage podcast. I'm your host, David, and joined with me is a very special lady. Um, Obviously, it's not Ted um, because he is uh, not special nor a lady, Um, (laughs) but uh, it it is, in fact, my wife, Lindsay Warner Dassaw. How are you doing, honey? Great. Great. (laughs) Nice to be here. Nice to be invited. <laughs> um, so uh, a little fun uh, side story before we get started. You um, technically it has been a while since the last time you were on the podcast. Uh, 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 an episode that was, in fact, published. However, you were supposed to be on um, a couple months ago for the WandaVision episode, and we had a little blunder. Um, one of our uh, microphone cords had a short in it, and uh, I have no idea which whose microphone was the culprit, but we ended up having to re-record, and um, you were like, I'm going to sit it out this time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but uh, thank you so much for, for coming on um, and so we can talk about today's topic. Well, are you, are, I'm here. Are you excited? Oh, I'm very excited. Excellent. Um, so today's topic is uh, Marvel's What If, the newest uh, MCU addition to the Disney Plus streaming platform. And like we said, we're very pumped to talk about that today. But before we get to that, uh, a couple of just boilerplate stuff, um, like usual, um, if you are brand new to the podcast, welcome and thank you for choosing our show to listen to. Um, we know that there's like a literally a billion podcasts out there and you could listen to any of them except ours and we wouldn't blame you for it, but you chose ours for some reason and uh, we thank you. From... And they're bored already. Okay, let's get to it. <laughs> um so, and if you're a returning subscriber, thank you for coming back. Um, obviously, we're doing something right. Um, before we jump into um, our our topic, we have to get this out of the way. Uh, the Spider-Man um, No Way Home trailer. It came out uh, about a week and a half ago. We haven't had a chance to talk about it on the podcast yet. Even if we did have the chance, uh, Ted wouldn't want to talk about it. We all know by now that he is not a huge fan of um, comic book movies or the MCU in particular. Um, So boo on him for that. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I do want to to open up this pit, as it were, and and dish a little bit about the Spider-Man trailer. Um, so what, what are your thoughts? What did, what did you think? Um, did it blow your mind? Well, I thought it looked really good and interesting and I liked all the drama that Peter's kind of going through with having his identity revealed and all the stress that it's putting on him and MJ and all of his friends really. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was a little concerned with which I guess we don't really know if this is actually how it's going to play out because we all know that Marvel is really good about uh, giving us some false leads as far as yeah movie plots and whatnot. But, um, I mean, what was wrong with Doctor Strange? Was he drunk? Like, what the fuck? He doesn't well, um, strike me as the type just to be like, oh, well, I'm just going to go ahead and change time. I'm sure nothing bad could happen with this. <laughs> I mean... He was the one that was all, you know, he's supposed to see all these different outcomes and be able to see all these different realities and know the repercussions of his actions. And yet he's just going to do this. Like, like I said, was he drunk? Is this some kind of like evil twin thing going on? Is So it, it is funny that you mentioned that in particular and, and you have a question about it. Uh, have you read any of the the fan theories surrounding like just Doctor Strange in general? Um, No, because it's probably my least favorite Avenger. (laughs) Um, So uh, there is something floating around. I didn't look too heavily into it because I just uh, I was like, "Eh, I'm not really interested in that. It doesn't pique my pique my interest. But there are arguments for um, him being a scroll, actually. 
or not like Doctor Strange being a scroll, but, uh, but like, you know, the Doctor Strange we see in the trailer is a scroll because it's been established now, um, and we've seen it several times over, how um, we see people that we're introduced to characters, we think they're humans uh, from planet Earth, and it turns out that they are, in fact, scrolls. So there is an argument out there. Uh, but how would the scroll or no magic yeah that's and, a good question and be able I don't know. to um you know uh control the time stone and mm-hmm. whatever and do all of his fancy magic sign language or whatever the fuck he does um the, the all very good questions and, and i don't know I, I i'm sure there's explanations for all of it uh and it's quite possible that none of them are accurate uh, and it, that could not be the case. And it's actually Dr. Strange. Um, you know, maybe he found a whimsical side like, Hey, he survived. Uh, you know, he, he came back from the dead with uh, like a half billion other people. And um, now he's got a new lease on life. So maybe he's a bit more whimsical and more willing to throw out the occasional casual, um, you know, turning of the time. And, and, you know, it it also bodes in his interest, I think, to, uh, to keep Peter's, um, uh, identity a secret. How? Because they're part of the Avengers and, you know, okay. So, you know, what affects one Avenger affects them all, maybe not heavily, but it does affect them. I don't think that Doctor Strange is going to concern himself with, like, teenage love life, high school drama bullshit. And obviously having your identity out there is not a big concern, considering everyone's known that Tony has been Iron Man this whole time for, you know, the last 20 years. (laughs) Well, I mean, according to the... The trailer, what we see, it's a pretty big deal. You know, like all those nasty signs that they're shoving in Peter's face as he's, you know, I I don't know what building he's walking into. I know some of the kids looked like they were just trying to go to school. Um, Maybe Peter was like uh, making some sort of court appearance or um, deposition hearing. I I don't know. But um, yeah, uh, it definitely looks like there's a lot of people that aren't happy to know um, Spider-Man's real identity. I don't think it has as much to do with that as they're looking for people to blame for all the chaos caused by a billion people disappearing from the world and then suddenly reappearing, Mm -hmm. which we saw all of that drama in the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's a good point. So I don't really think it has anything to do so much with you know, it being Peter's identity was leaked or whatever. Hmm. I think it has more to do with the fact that people are looking for someone to blame. And obviously people with superpowers or, you know, hmm. seem to be fair game. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that definitely makes sense. I can dig it. Um, but yeah, anyways, we, uh, we just wanted to chat real quick about that. Just throw it out there. Um, so we can check it off our list and say, Hey, we talked about this. Um, but yeah, on to, sorry, <laughs> I slammed the table in excitement. Um, I didn't mean to, to spook you. Uh, so on to today's topic at hand. Um, and it, that is what if, what, what if, hmm, what if, um, so like I said, this is the latest, um, installment in the, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe as it pertains to um, the Disney Disney Plus uh, discography, um, and uh, first, uh, let's quickly go over the Facebook poll. So it was basically just what uh, uh, what has been your uh, favorite or most enjoyable um, episode thus far of um, of What If and. At the time that I posted it, only three of the episodes were available. Um, I did refresh it uh, or add the fourth one this morning because as of 
this recording. It is um, Thursday, September the 2nd, and I wanted to give people a chance to vote on the fourth one if that was, in fact, their favorite. Um, no. Didn't, it didn't, didn't get any votes. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the results are first place, uh, what if T'Challa became a Star-Lord? Uh, second place, what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? And third place was what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? So how do you feel about that uh, ranking? Um, I'd say that's probably pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Uh, first place was probably mostly because of Chadwick and less about the episode itself. Yeah. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. Um, he did do all the voice acting, which was pretty cool. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, and we'll get to that whenever we cross over that yeah, episode. Yeah. And I think everybody, um, is really going to miss him as like when the new Black Panther comes out and just, I think everybody really misses him anyway. I mean, he was... um, a very talented person but like I said I think that probably got the votes because of him more than because of the actual episode yeah um, that's that's quite possible Uh, but still I mean I I do believe that the episode um, you know if Bozeman was still alive uh, I, I still think that the episode has the legs to stand on as being the best episode thus far. Um, but we've, we've only gotten, we've only gotten four. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, without further ado, let's march forward. So, uh, just to dip our toes in, get our feet wet, um, summary, uh, via the narration of The Watcher, What If presents viewers with events in the MCU timeline that we are familiar with, but said events hypothetically pan out much differently, oftentimes due to a single out-of-place event or action. So, Lindsay, in general, how are you liking the series so far? Um, What do you like the most about it? What uh, is there anything that you dislike about it or don't really care um, for particularly I dislike the fact that it's animated <laughs> okay so right off the bat you're going with the negative all right that's one way to do it i'm just i'm just fucking with you go ahead um you, so you don't like that it's uh, you'd much prefer that it uh it would be live action yeah very much so yeah um i get that i also um i feel like they go negative a lot like I mean, these could be some really fun episodes, like if we wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. Like we could be going like, you know, what if Captain America g- could get drunk? What if Captain <laughs> America was gay? Or like, you know, y- you know, I don't know. What if Captain America and Bucky were in a weird love triangle with, you know, Black Widow? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like we could be like really having fun with it and that's kind of what i was hoping for and it's been a real drag so far (laughs) i mean i'll i'll be honest the the doctor strange episode did not help your argument much (laughs) uh and and, you know we're, we're gonna talk about that um but yeah i i mean i i totally get all of that like for the most part I definitely understand where you're coming from with the whole animation versus live action. Although I understand why they went the route of animation. I mean, it's it's just more practical and probably less expensive uh, than sure. than getting. Um, I, I mean, obviously they still got almost all of the same uh, original actors to voice the animated versions of themselves. But it would still be a lot more expensive to go either shoot on location or, you know, have a, a sound stage and, and shoot all this live action. Um, and plus, I, I think just having it animated um, makes uh, the whole, um, you know, 30 minute runtime anthology um, thing like I, I think it just meshes a little better with animation just me personally um but i'm is there anything you you do like (laughs) like about it i mean um 
I mean, I like mean, they... I mean, I don't hate it. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate it. It's just like I just don't really love it. Like I said, it, maybe if we get like some more like fun type episodes, mm-hmm. um, I would be a little more down. Yeah, we but... s- we still got Tony slash Iron Man's episode. Uh, I'm not sure when that's due out, but we still got that one coming. So that's exciting. Is it, it going to be like what if Tony Stark was less drunk? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that's the uh, the scenario that they're shooting for. Because that could be good. We might not have ended up with Ultron. You um, know? Maybe he would have gone to therapy for his PTSD. You know. I do think that it has something to do with Ultron. I remember reading the episode title for for Iron Man's episode. I, I can't remember what it was, but I, I think it had something to do with Ultron. And I, I believe, if, if I remember correctly, from the trailer that they released for the whole What If series, I remember, um, you know, it was the beginning of Iron Man 1 when he's in the, the convoy after doing his missile demonstration, of the Jericho, and his convoy gets blown up. Um, and rather than getting abducted by, uh, you know, that... Uh, that that crew of you know people that abduct him uh what's his name killmonger comes and saves him apparently he's there somehow uh so i I, i'm very much looking forward to that episode and seeing how that pans out um so uh yeah um let's see um oh hey i do have something that i liked okay I liked that Thanos was part of the Ravengers in the in the okay T'Challa uh, episode. So so stick a pin in that because I, I definitely want to hear more about that when we get to that episode. Um, so after watching an episode, does it ever leave you wanting more out of that story arc? Um, the only one that did that was maybe Captain Carter. Yeah, um, I agree with that because. Um, it was just a little bit of like female empowerment, little, um, uh, I don't know. I just kind of thought it was cool and that, you know, of course she's like British, so it wouldn't be, you know, Captain America. So it'd be just different to see how that affected things and mm-hmm. how that turned out. And Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, after that one, especially with it being the first one, I was like, oh, my God, that was so good. Like, I I want, you know, I want to see more of life after she she comes through the, you know, the the blazing glory of the Tesseract, you know, whatever you want to call that from what's basically the beginning of the first Avengers movie. Um, uh, Okay, cool. So um, let's see skip a couple of these because we kind of already answered them uh yeah so uh, since we're on the topic of uh, of the first episode so uh in the first episode we we as the audience are faced with the scenario in which agent peggy carter becomes the first avenger as opposed to steve rogers which leads the history presenting us with captain carter but we do get to see rogers in a pretty dope suit himself um, kind of looks like uh, the first Iron Man suit, where he breaks himself out of the cave. Yeah. Kind of yeah. resembles that mm-hmm. a little bit. So yep. that's uh, that was a fun little callback. Um, so how did you feel about a story where it was Captain Carter and not Captain America? Like I said, I liked it. I don't know um, that it would have played well enough for marvel to have taken it on that way mm-hmm. um but yeah it was the closest episode to being fun <laughs> but <laughs> they tackled a lot of like the really sad parts obviously like the plane going down and her and steve never getting that dance and mm-hmm. you know i don't know i just i'd like to see like surely the watcher has got to see something interesting if he's got these infinite universes out there like i'd really like to see you know something just entertaining for the sake of being entertaining and not having to hold this major story arc together (laughs) yeah you know i think the problem is you've been reading too much fan fiction 
People the get problem, hot and sweaty and sexy, and they take their clothes off, not like they really would in the movies uh, and in the shows. And, I don't uh, know about that. I mean, there's been <laughs> at least some hinting toward some intercourse here and there with right. characters. Yeah, so. and plus you watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which uh, I, I'm led to believe has a lot more um, romantic stuff in it compared to mm, the, the movies. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Sky slash Quake slash... Yeah. She's a bit of a... Yeah. Sure. Okay. But um, that would be a good episode. Like, what if Coulson never died? I love Coulson. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Yeah. That would be a great episode. I actually uh, saw a article. I didn't. I didn't go read it, but I saw an article yesterday... That um, he the I, I what's what's do you know the actor's Greg name? Greg Clark. Yeah, he uh, will die on the hill of um, Agents of Shield being inside the MCU canon because apparently there's still arguments that it, uh-huh. it's not really part well, of the MCU. But see, I still think it can be the Agents of Shield people. They went on a bit of a a time heist all of their own so mm-hmm. they missed all of the Thanos stuff which I guess is why most people say it can't be canon anymore because like they don't lose people from the snap and all of that but they were so off planet right then so yeah. I don't really see what the problem is I don't see why it couldn't be canon and why it couldn't be in there but that's another thing is like could we see an episode where like the Asians of S.H.I.E.L.D. team meets like some of the Avengers, mm-hmm. I think that would be really funny. Yeah. You know, Coulson, like, calling up Hawkeye and be like, okay, I didn't die. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that, I mean, that would definitely be entertaining. And, I mean, I'd, I'd pay to watch it. Yeah. So, um, so the, uh, the this first episode... It definitely had a lot to say subtextually about how women were depicted during this time in history. Do you think the writers did a decent enough job of representing these themes and ideas? And additionally, do you think this could be a good way to expose young girls to both life for women in uh, World War II times, as well as a way to um, make them feel more empowered? No. Okay. I don't think they did a good enough job of showing what it was really like. I mean, they were really, like, oppressed. And there were a lot of women heroes back then. Like, so many women, like, went from being stay-at-home moms to full-time employed at, like, weapons factories and, you know, farming and doing all of these jobs that they really had no experience in just to keep the country going why all the men were away fighting. Sure. And then the men come back and they're just kind of expected just to go back to their little housewife role, Mm -hmm. which a lot of them, I, you know, that's what they've been kind of groomed to expect out of a life. So I'm sure a lot of them did want to go back to those roles, but I'm sure there was plenty that didn't and they weren't allowed to like keep their jobs or anything or keep any of the respect or anything that they earned while doing those jobs when the men came back and so I don't think the episode did enough to like show young girls what it was really like back then and I also don't think this was the best way to make young girls feel empowered I think that's going to come with just having more female superheroes and villains in general. Mm, that's fair. I mean, and, you know, to play devil's advocate, uh, they only had 30 minutes to, to accomplish things. Um, but, you know, I, as a man, you know, I noticed a few things that I thought I was like, oh, okay, like, that's, that's cool. Like, you know, they, they acknowledge, like, you know, the bar scene where, um, where Captain Carter and Steve Rogers are getting a drink, you know, he's, it's basically after she's, you know, already, or we're led to believe several months, uh, or, you know, a set of time has gone by. 
and she's accomplished all these missions and um, she should have garnered a lot of respect from her peers and superiors by now and um, you know we're kind of led to believe that there's still a lot of work to do but you know there it seems like she's made some sort of you know strides towards that and you know, I, I kind of noticed that and I was like, you know, that's a little bit of a positive note. And so I, I just made that uh, notes and, and talking point that I wanted to, you know, get your feedback on as a woman um, to, to see what you thought. Uh, I definitely get where you're coming from, though. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, like I said, they, they only have <laughs> 30 minutes to get things accomplished. And but. Yeah, the, there was a bit more that they could have shown. Um, but, I mean, you are correct about how uh, how history kind of fell in line like that. Uh, so, you know, um, I don't know. Hopefully we'll, like you said, we'll, as the MCU marches forward, we'll get more empowering female superheroes. And not just the MCU, but, you know, in the DCEU and just in movies in general. You know, I'm, I'm really pulling for more empowering female characters. I mean, that's that's what I want to see, you know, because <laughs> uh, we do have a daughter and it's important uh, for um, everyone to be represented equally on the big screen. So um, anyways, so on to the second episode. Uh, in episode two, we see what would happen if the Ravagers accidentally picked up a young T'Challa instead of Peter Quill. <clears throat> How did you feel about this being the very last piece of uh, Marvel slash MCU material that Chadwick Boseman was involved with? Um, I mean, I felt okay about it. I mean, it was an interesting storyline, I guess. Um, again, like, they seem to, like, focus on, like, some of the really, like, sad stuff. Like, they focused on, like, how much his family missed him and how much, you know, he was starting to miss his family. And I kind of put a damper on the episode for me. Like, I just wanted it to be like, yeah, now I'm Black Panther in space. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, a good portion of the episode was, I'd say three quarters of the episode was uh, focused on other things that didn't involve him, like, missing home. Like, I I think the episode did a pretty good job of making it look like he, like, he enjoyed being a a Ravager and and being a Guardian and being Star-Lord. Like, that's the impression that I got, but, you know, that with the dynamic between him and all the other characters, uh, all the other Ravagers, like he, they were like super successful. Uh, They made it look like, and you know, they, at the end, they kind of got to the point where they're like, you know, we've kind of done it all. What do you want to do now? And um, he has this newfound information that his parents are actually, you know, still alive and still looking for him. And so he ends up, you know, going home. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. Um, what, uh, so you kind of started, uh, mentioning and uh, alluding to this earlier with Thanos being a part of the crew. Uh, so what did you think of the massive shift in the dynamics between characters as well as the characters themselves? So for instance, um, the character of Korath being enamored with, uh, by Star-Lord, as opposed to just straight up wanting to kill his ass at the beginning. Um, or, of course, Thanos being a part of the Ravagers and uh, uh, T'Challa actually managing to talk him off the ledge of his uh, genocide, his plan for genocide. Um, well, it was weird to kind of sort of like Thanos, obviously. Mm-hmm. Very weird. So, you know... Um, you know, he still had those genocidal tendencies, you know. I definitely think without being teamed up with T'Challa and the rest of the Ravengers, he would have definitely uh, continued on with his destroy half of everything plan. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's a good thing that he, in this universe, anyway, that he fell in line with them. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know, I I think it was just interesting to see how, um, what can change based on just like putting different personalities together and, you know, seeing what happens, which should be the fun of these episodes, not, um, and not so much of like sadness. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I get that. Um, no, it, it was definitely fun to see Thanos in, in this regard and uh, especially him battling like uh, his uh, his own like cronies like um, uh, like uh, Obsidian and mm-hmm. um, the you know, the other other folks. I, I forget their names because uh, it's late, but yeah, that was definitely entertaining. You don't need a clue. <laughs> yeah okay well i guess i'll eat my own words um yeah so uh no it, it was it was definitely a fun episode and one thing that i liked about uh, you know while we're on the topic of you know thanos and him playing this interesting role in this episode is uh you know this episode did this thing and we saw it a lot in Falcon and Winter Soldier where there was less of a focus on action and fighting and violence and more of an emphasis on dialogue and discussion and and talking things out um and I am I mean if they if the MCU is trying to go forward and kind of do this more often I'm definitely on board with it because I feel like it's it's quietly promoting this idea that you know it's it's much better in this day and age this digital age of like communicating through comments on Facebook or Twitter or whatever um, where it's just so so important to have actual conversations and and open up the floor between multiple people to see everyone's point of view instead of just go straight to straight to each other's throats and just wanting to punch everyone in the head all the time so while i do agree with you that that's something that we should be teaching and you know should be doing i think that's more something like we should be teaching more empathy like in our classrooms to kids and uh maybe having some shows that you know definitely follow that route but this is a comic book movie this is supposed to be fun and um i mean there's no laws that it can't teach a lesson i'm not saying it can't teach a lesson i'm just saying that if they start um, taking away a lot of the fighting and the, the fight scenes, it, it, the MCU is going to cease to exist. <laughs> I'm not saying replace all the action with words because, you know, that's not what we're paying for. Um, I'm just, you know, it, it was just an idea. I, I think that's one of the things that this episode and Falcon and Winter Soldier did really well. Like, it struck a great balance with the, the action and the dialogue and the power of communication rather than just punching people. So, yeah. Anyways, um, so marching forward, um, in episode three, we see an alternate story in phase one where all of the would-be Avengers are eliminated by some unknown threat even before they have their first chance to quote-unquote assemble. Um, this episode served as an interesting whodunit. Were you able to figure out who the threat was before the end? And if not, did you have any guesses? And were any of them close? Um, I thought that Ant-Man was kind of involved. Really? Uh, well, after um, um, like the little pea shooter scene... Like when, um, who was it? Was it Clint? Who was it that died? Was it, uh, was it Tony? It was Tony, the very first guy. Yeah. Um, in the donut shop. Yeah. 
um, the fact that, you know, that injection was supposed to be the one that kind of cured Tony and, like, made him better mm-hmm. or made him well enough to go back and find the cure for his, um, what is it? Not vibranium? Uh, the, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, the too high... I think it's vibranium, but I'm probably wrong. Uh, yeah, the shit in his system that yeah. wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, instead of that, it was, um, it you know, it ruined the syringe. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, that's weird. What could possibly be in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. So I kind of thought, like I said, that Ant-Man was involved. I didn't suspect like the whole um Hank Pym thing and it really I wasn't really sold on the whole Ant-Man thing because but you were damn close I mean as guesses as far as guesses go I mean well I just like I said and then um uh I think it was watching Black Widow like during that fight scene and like Mm -hmm. when she's like turning around and she can't see anything behind her uh oh sure when she was in the library or whatever i was like yeah i bet i know what's going on here Uh, okay yeah that that makes sense i I didn't really think about that um that's that's a good point um but yeah i like i said i didn't really expect the whole like plot line and everything um because I always feel like Scott is like kind of laid back and I always thought that he like had a bit of hero worship for the Avengers. So I'm like, what could have possibly have pissed him off in this universe to make him go out and go after them like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, how did you feel about the the direction of the episode where basically everyone... Uh, except for Steve gets neutralized. Were you uh, were you a fan of this uh, this direction they kind of took, where like it's like, hey, it's it's an episode kind of sort of about all the Avengers, except they're all gonna die. <laughs> so, no, I thought that that sucked <laughs> and was stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next question, <laughs> how did you feel about the dynamic between Nick Fury and Loki, especially considering they are not huge fans of each other within the MCU story we are familiar with? Um, I thought the banter was kind of fun mm-hmm. between them. Um, it was definitely interesting to see Nick Fury and Loki interact in a different light besides... You know, Loki just basically shooting at Nick Fury, which is the only interaction that they've really had. Um, yeah, like I, I thought their banter was pretty great because, you know, historically, like, you know, we haven't gotten uh, a lot between the two of them. Most of it fits inside the Avengers. But what we have gotten was pretty good. Like, you know, when Nick Fury is like... Um, are we the ant? Do you wish to step on us? <laughs> like that whole interaction when, you know, they, you know, Loki basically wants to be captured. And you know, so he's talking to him while he's in the box. And um, so, you know, they, they're, they're, you know, Nick Fury, he's, he's basically like non-combatant. Like he, other than firing a, a giant rocket launcher uh, in, um, in the second Captain America movie, he uh, he's basically there to to be the leader uh, and and not um, do much action. So I, I thought having some more scenes between him and Loki, who is also more of a you know conversationalist and every once in a while does some action type stuff. So um, yeah, um, let's see what else do I have. Uh, Let's see. So, um, knowing your personal love for Mark Ruffalo as uh, Bruce Banner slash the Hulk, as well as Black Widow, how how do you feel about the um, the kind of sort of reunion, like seeing them together again, but in a, in a different um, different capacity? Oh, I didn't really have any feelings for that. I really? don't really. 
I don't really... Was it hard to connect because uh, of the animation? Yeah, I guess. That and Black Widow didn't do the voice. Did, did you confirm that? I never did look it up on Wikipedia. If she... Not as far as I could tell. It didn't right. sound anything like her to me. See, I, I but... thought it kind of sounded like her, but... Um... Yeah, I, I could be wrong. For somebody who insists on, like, high-quality audio, visual, high-depth everything, <laughs> you sure do miss things sometimes that I don't... What? Yeah. Well, I mean, that should just be props to... Uh, if if she, in fact, did not voice her character... It and, and it was someone else... Um, then props to that person because I thought she did a good job sounding like ScarJo. So, which I, you know, is the point, obviously. I thought it sounded like a man trying to sound like a woman. <laughs> I mean, you know. Look it, it up. All right. Well, apparently I'm looking it up. So, all right. So, okay. So I already have What If pulled up uh, on IMDb. Let's see. Uh, let's see if we can find... Um, see a lot of credits uh let's see um black widow no you are correct uh it is someone called lake bell yeah so yeah i'll uh i guess i'll just go fuck myself then (laughs) uh okay so we got that answered um so uh, I guess we uh, it's time to march forward with the very last episode. I wish we didn't have to end on this episode. We, sh- we should have just done this episode first to get it out of the way. Because it is, in fact, the saddest fucking episode we've gotten so far. Um, so, um, let's see. In, uh, in definitely the most heartbreaking what-if scenario so far, episode four shows us a world where Doctor Strange is faced with the absolute of his love, Dr. Christine Palmer, and her destiny to die. Um, my question, uh, first question, which part did you cry at? Um, I didn't really cry at any of it. That's, that's because, totally fine. It was more of a, a humorous-like kind of thing. But. I I thought it was kind of derivative, sort of. Because, like, it just felt like with all of his training and everything that Doctor Strange went through, like, would he really be trying to bring her back? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it be, like, zombie Christine or something anyway? Like, you know... And the fact that she kept getting killed over and over again, you think he would at least be like, you know what? This isn't working. Let's try something else. And gone back, you know, to studying his books, kind of like he did. But I just felt like he should have came to that conclusion quicker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's supposed to be smart, right? <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, half of him did decide to put the past or leave the past in the past. Um, but the other half did decide to march forward into madness. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so, um, let's see. If you were the Sorcerer Supreme, would you be tempted, as Strange was, to find a way to manipulate time and bring back the love of your life? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not exactly sure how I should feel about that one. No, I Um, think, of course, I would be tempted. Everyone would be tempted. But... You think you'd have the wherewithal to realize that it's not a good idea to bring people back from the dead? I think I would probably just commit suicide. (laughs) Well, that is dark. I guess it's appropriate for this episode that we're... uh, I'm just saying, like, I don't think I would cope well... And I also don't think I would try to bring someone back. Like, knowing what he does about time and realities and all of that, I think if I had that knowledge, it would be pretty clear to me that even if I did try to bring them back and on the off chance that it worked, it still would not be a happy ending. Yeah. (laughs) So. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Um, 
let's see. Um, so this episode presented us with a pretty common trope where in the end, uh, hindsight and regret play a major role. As common and used as this trope is in movies, TVs, books, etc., do you feel like it was used successfully within this story? Um, I mean, it got its point across, I guess, so I guess yes, but like I said, I just felt like it's part of why I don't love the What If series in general right now, like I said. I really hope they get to some more fun um, things. If not this season, maybe later on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would really like to see more of the Avengers like hanging out together in the tower and like, um, you know, kind of what they're doing in their off time. Not so much like, hey, what if they're all dead? Or hey, what if? most of them are dead or hey (laughs) i don't know no that's i mean that that is fair i mean you know between this episode and you know parts of a few others um there have been some downer notes uh i mean this episode the doctor strange episode especially like it's it's the first episode that we've gotten from the what if series that was a super sad, um, depressing ending that, that wasn't a happy ending, like, at all. Like, an argument could be made for the first three that they all had happy endings, quote-unquote. But I think this is the... You don't think so? Well, I mean, what if all the Avengers were dead episode? I mean, like... That's well. I mean, okay. So yes. So it ends with you know Captain America, so he's still alive. So I get that, like, they're like woohoo, a little bit of hope. But yeah. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it ends on a happy note because, I mean, then everything rests on Steve, and he is kind of a grumpy guy, or he can be, and I can see him not handling the stress well yeah but uh, history has shown us that there's a lot more to the avengers than tony stark and bruce banner and clint and natasha i mean (laughs) look how many we have now it's uh too many to count so i mean it's not like it all rests on his shoulders and all right Fair, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, you know, that, yes, all, like, the Avengers that, that we were presented with in Phase 1 in the first Avengers movie, all of them, except for Steve, you know, were were eliminated. So, yes, that was sad. But as far as endings go, like, it kind of ended on a an upbeat, positive um optimistic note i guess that's that's what i got out of it um all right i mean that's that's just my two cents so but i mean it's you know this is this is why i wanted to have this conversation and have you on for this episode is you know because i'm such a pessimist (laughs) well what i was gonna say is that our lives are so consumed with keeping our children alive and keeping uh ourselves uh, from going crazy in the process um that we barely have time to have these conversations like maybe a week or two later we'll be like oh yeah by the way how did you uh like that episode of loki that we saw like a month ago (laughs) that's that's usually how our conversations go because we you know we don't have time to to have these conversations. So I, I thought, you know, having you on, especially for this, um, would be fun. So I think it'd be cool to have you back on, um, well, multiple times, but, uh, whenever, what if wraps, uh, I think they're going to do nine episodes. Okay. So, uh, and we're, you know, a little before the halfway point. 
So it'd be cool to have you on whenever uh, episode nine airs and we can kind of revisit the show then and and see if you think that they got any better or any more interesting or like i said i don't i don't totally dislike the what if series i do think some of the episodes have been interesting like i said i I guess i was just uh foolish in thinking that they were going to be showing some more of the lighthearted side as well as some of the serious. And that is totally fair. And, and to be even more fair, you come from a, a massive fan fiction background. Like you don't write, but you, you read a lot of it and you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm led to believe that fan fiction, um, you know, if we're talking about like the Avengers, or, you know, certain characters within the Avengers, um, different pairings, it deals with a lot of the in-between time and not so much like the action that we see in the movies and the shows. So you had that in your head and you were like, oh, it would be cool to see that on the screen. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the platform you're coming from. Well, that and uh, one thing that fan fiction does is it lets you... Anything that maybe you didn't like about a series for whatever reason, it kind of lets you correct that. Mm-hmm. And um, what so, if is kind of like that? Well, it should be like that, but so far it hasn't been because if it was more like fan fiction, then it would be more of the lighthearted stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, no, that that all makes sense. So. Cool. Um, all right. Do uh, do you want to do our shit that doesn't suck segment? Do you have uh, some some fun thing that you've watched or read or listened to here recently? Um. Sure. Cool. Shit that doesn't suck. So I just found this new podcast and it's called The Dark Side Of and it's like from Parcast, um, which I do a lot of true crime and a lot of history stuff. And so um, there's actually quite a few episodes, but they have like the dark side of Hollywood, the dark side of music. Um, They go over the, uh, um, what is it? The Cursed at 27 Mm -hmm. in the music. episodes and um they also have um the dark side of the 90s where they do a whole episode about um the beginning of the nickelodeon shows of the animation so interesting um it's not my usual um so so with the dark side of the 90s like are, are we talking about like people getting stabbed in the uh the animation studios or are, no are we... just like how um like ren and stimpy was pretty dark oh for yeah. a children's cartoon yeah it had some moments as well as like rocco's modern life all real monsters yeah it didn't talk about that one but yeah it was just um talking about the transformation of like cartoons as not really just for children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, it talked also about like Double Dare and okay. like um, being out to slime people and actually what that slime was made out of and how many people got sick. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I feel like I read uh, or heard something about that. Um, yeah. Some of it was made out of some really disgusting stuff and, um, at one point, I think, it, um, some of it was made out of like latex paint to get the green, like slime mm. and, um, Yum. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like apparently it made people sick. Yeah. Well, so. no wonder that, uh, Nickelodeon studios in Florida shut down. <laughs> also, um, I like apparently like under the studio lights on like Double Dare, like all that food and stuff that they had out there it would apparently start to rot and like 
smell the whole studio would just smell terrible yikes like all like the whipped cream and stuff that they were like climbing oh, through yeah. yeah oh man yeah so it was just really interesting to kind of bring back some like childhood memories and um kind of reflect on yeah that totally went over my head when i was eight yeah yeah that's pretty messed up <laughs> yeah well i'm gonna have to have you send me the link to that because i i definitely want to give that a listen i mean you know some people had disney some people had you know um cartoon network like i was raised on nickelodeon you know through and through it was, it was all nick stuff for me yeah so, i think most kids you know that were predominantly 90s that was Nick was yeah, yeah pretty much it. yeah well I'm definitely interested in listening to that um so I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna do a podcast as well so uh the podcast that I am uh recommending is called the don't be crazy don't be crazy podcast excuse me um I was uh, so I was in or I am in a subreddit uh, called the uh, I think it's just called podcasters uh, I believe and it's it's basically just like indie podcasters who aren't really making money from their podcast yet and they just hop on there and if they got a question about like tech or you know really anything you can get on there and ask a question and people are uh, all, all of my experiences have been super positive. Um, I haven't had any assholes like come in and be like, Oh, what are you asking a stupid fucking question for? Um, and so I, I went in there to ask a question uh, about a week or so ago and I got a comment from someone and he was like, you can DM me if, uh, if you want to talk any further. And, and so I shot him a DM and he turned out to be a really cool guy. And, um, you're not supposed to promote your podcast in the main thread, but you can, you know, hop into D, uh, the DMs and, you know, pass around information, obviously, that way. And he told me about his podcast and him and his buddy uh, hosted it. It's just a movie podcast and they pick one movie a week and they review it. And uh, they just do it. It's, it's a great blend of... Um, like like talking about the movie itself on on like a it feels like a very professional level but it's still very familiar and friendly uh, so it's it's not stiff at all and also like they they do a good job of like hey there's this element in the movie like how you know how do you feel about this specific element and they kind of relate it to other movies that the director might have done or any any other movies um outside the the realm of that genre might have done so it, it's just a, a really well done and well put together podcast uh so um yeah don't be crazy um is is my recommendation for uh for this week so but yeah um Lindsay, thank you for joining me honey i You're appreciate so it welcome. yes thank you um and listeners thank you so much for tuning in uh if you made it this far thank you very much for sticking with us um as always you can um find the podcast on the interwebs basically everywhere on we're on every podcasting platform for the most part um big old call to action of course is just geekgaragepodcast.com uh, all of our episodes are uploaded there we're starting to upload a lot of video versions of our episodes to our youtube channel so you can check us out there just geek garage podcast search it in the search bar um leave us a rating and review where applicable that's basically stitcher or apple podcast um let's see uh, if you are into the idea of throwing money at uh, near strangers or if, if you happen to know us, um, not strangers, we do have a Patreon. Um, you can just, uh, we'll, we'll have a link for that below in the description. So yeah, uh, I believe that will do it. And um, yeah, as always, be kind, stay geeky, and eat lots of cheesecake. Bye!